right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends, the day after the holiday edition. This is Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., one of your hosts. Um, marketing specialists, media specialists, uh, music management, all around good guy, you know, whatever you want to call me, just don't call me late for dinner, okay? What's <laughs> going on, my partner, Mr. Leonard Young? What's happening? Yes, everything's going good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black media specialist and all around good guy. Everything's going good, Dave, you know, just... uh uh, you know, happy I survived Christmas and now just uh, upcoming the last holiday of the year. Okay, yeah, well, we got or the first holiday of next year, however you want to yeah, phrase next it. Year. That's, that's probably more of it, you know. Um, man, um, it, it takes so much to get to Christmas and you know, for most people, and then. It just seems like it comes and then the flash is gone, right? I know. Gone. That, yep. Crazy? Yep. All, all, yeah. all that money spent disappears. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, um, fighting with the people in the stores, going online, mm-hmm. you know, packages. Look, uh, packages not being delivered when they're supposed to be, all of that kind of stuff, you know. And so it's just interesting how Christmas is the one day of the year, man, that gets you that way, you know. Um, um it it's amazing to me um when they really say that christmas is commercial it really oh, yeah. is commercial all about money man it is yeah. all about money i agree you know i was thinking the other day and i'm sure my kids know but i almost feel like i want to ask some kids like what is what is the purpose of christmas and i guarantee most of them probably don't even know anymore they have no idea they have no idea um you know, all I'm going to say, getting gifts, getting toys, getting this, getting that, they're not going to say anything about Christ nope. or Jesus, anything nope. like that. They're not yeah. going to say it. You know, the only ones that are going to say it is probably the PK kids, <laughs> you know, and that's only if they're disciplined enough to do it, <laughs> you know, so, you know. So, right. But, uh, or people that were brought, you know, that, you know, kids might be in church all the time or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's really sad. It's become so commercialized and, um, and it's not just the little kids. I mean, you know, hey, you talk to some of these Gen Zers, they may answer the same way as the younger kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, if you don't believe in Jesus or you're not a big, um, I won't say a Christian or a believer in Christ or anything like that, but, you know, if, if you're not big into that part, you know, should you be big into Christmas? Like, is that really a celebration for you? Um, if they're not big into the real reason that, you know, that Christmas came about and all of that, then I don't think it really matters I mean, to them. I mean, yeah. you know, because everything, you know, especially now, because everything is uh, a show me thing now. It's, it's, that's where we are. We're in a right. show me time. 
you know, so show me what you got. Show me what you can get. Show me how you got it, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, you know. And, of course, you know, uh, our favorite thing to say, we live in a microwave society. So, you know, they're not worried about, uh, you know, how we came, how Christmas came to pass. All they're worried about is what's going on right now. Yeah, I agree. So, so um, it's it's really a shame. Um, that it's happened that way and that we haven't been able to get um, a better handle of the situation. And even with kids, I mean, you got, you got young kids and you know, you, you know how this goes, (laughs) you know, you know exactly how it goes. You know, it's hard to, first of all, it's hard to impress them, right? Uh It's hard to, hard to get a gauge on their excitement level, right? It's hard to entertain them. Yeah. It's hard to entertain them and it's hard to get any commitment out of them when it comes to, you know, the family time and, and having fun and, and, and really allowing yourself to let your guard down to be able just to enjoy a festive time with your family. Right. I, look, I I came up in the projects, man. Christmas time, you knew when it was Christmas, man. Mm-hmm. All the families, man. We had a ball during that time, man. And of course, you go running out the house, man. Remember, it was winter time, but we didn't care it was winter time. You know, right. we might have got skates, we might have got bikes, we might have got something that meant we were supposed to be outside with it, and we went outside with it. You gave me a basketball, I was somewhere shooting a basketball during the cold of winter, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Or, or riding know, a so, bike, one of them. Or, or or playing football. I got a football or something like that. We'd be mm-hmm. out playing football, you know. So um, we were always doing something. My pastor will tell you, like I told you, me and my pastor grew up in the same neighborhood. He'll tell you it didn't matter what time of the year it was. You know, we were always outside. Right. So, so things done changed. Things have changed a little bit. <laughs> oh, uh, a little bit. They have changed, and you know, um, you know, you try to get these kids all excited, or whatever. <sighs> it's hard to do it anymore, man. It really is, you know. Um, but you imagine what Christmas might look like twenty years from now? No, I'm scared. <laughs> I am scared. <laughs> There with you, you'd be sitting there with your grandkids and you'd be like, uh, okay. <laughs> this is not fun at mm-hmm. all. You know? So Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even want to know. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, um, we welcome you guys. We hope everyone who's listening has had, had a great holiday weekend. Um, that's another thing too. It felt really weird. You know, when how when Christmas fall on the weekend, it really makes things really weird for everybody, you know. And so, but we hope everybody had a holiday weekend. A lot of people got to really celebrate Christmas today. A lot of people were off today because their jobs gave them off uh because the holiday fell on a Sunday, you know, um this year. So so um but here we are, another week. And uh, I'm well. I said today. Today is Tuesday. What am I talking about? Yesterday, yesterday they uh, had the holiday off, so a lot of people went back to work today. So I had to think about that for a moment. Okay, I'm lost because I'm off. We <laughs> <laughs> say you got your days all mixed up. 
So I don't go back to work. I don't go back to work till Friday. So I'm good, <laughs> you know. So you know, and I purposely did that on purpose. So what can I say? So, um, but here we are. Um, let's see what we're going to talk about today. Um, well, you want to go ahead and read what we're going to talk about, and then we'll go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. So today, uh, first, we're going to talk about 76 Japanese American and, and Asian American organizations that are demanding Biden create a reparations committee for African Americans. Then we're going to talk about the Newsmax host whose fake outrage over American Girl doll and what it tells us. And then we're going to talk about 15 ways to meet somebody new after a breakup, divorce, or any situation. And then after that, we're going to go to Dave's favorite section, Dave's Corner, and we'll be uh, dazzled with his question of the week or be dazzled. That's Leonard's favorite. That's Leonard's favorite uh, section, by the way. I know he always says it's mine, but it's Leonard's. Anyway, uh, yeah, so (laughs) those are the things we're going to talk about. Those are the things we're going to talk about today. And, um, by the way, um, I was just sitting here thinking about, um, well, never mind. I'll say that. But anyway, go ahead with your first, go ahead with your uh, first story there. Okay. So this was something that came out, um, shortly before Christmas. And I, I actually had to read it twice because I, I couldn't believe it. But it says <clears throat> 76 Japanese American and Asian American organizations are calling for Biden to establish a presidential commission to study black reparations. So basically what it said is that they sent a letter to Biden. Um, The letter was co-signed by the 76 Japanese American and Asian American organizations. And it just kind of proves a strong testament to the commitment of our communities towards the promise of racial reparations and the healing of our nation. So the president of JACL, which is one of the um, Japanese American organizations, said that the need to establish a commission without farther delay, stating that Japanese American citizens, uh, so JACL stands for Japanese American Citizens League, and it's the, the nation's oldest and large, largest Asian American civil rights organization and is committed to the protect, protecting of human and civil rights of all Americans. The travesty of slavery and its aftermath must be addressed if we are truly to become the great nation we profess to be. The 400 years of racism and denied opportunity have taken their toll on the community. The establishment of a presidential commission to study the legacy of enslavement would educate and inform the public and Congress of the harm that is perpetuated on the community. And every time they say community, I I know they're talking about African-American community. Time is of the essence. There's an urgency of instituting such a study before another year passes. This legislation was first introduced over 30 years ago, and its time has come. As we evolve as a nation, we must look back at our history for better and for worse and take responsibility of our flawed actions. We did this when we um, addressed the Japanese Americans 
as it was studied and recommended by the Commission on Wartime Relocation and and internment of civilians in its report released nearly 40 years ago. So long story short, they're saying that just for the betterment of society and humanity, that we that the United States needs to address the part they played in racism and try to, you know, make some amends to try to solve, you know, some of the decades long issues that are plaguing the African-American community and you know, try to rectify those if we want to be the great nation that we're going to be. So I was actually surprised to see this because I don't think any organization went to um, the Japanese American Civil League or, you know, any of the Asian American organizations to, you know, ask for this. But, um, you know, in, in a way, I kind of applaud them because it came out of nowhere. You know, I don't feel like it was forced. But, you know, I'm just curious how serious uh, Congress will and the president will take this and if they will form some type of committee or commission to study, um, you know, how reparations could benefit, you know, African-Americans nationwide. Okay. Um, First of all, folks. You're not getting any. You're not getting this kind of news from anywhere else. This is this is this is something that you're gonna only get on news and trends for Dave and Lent. You know that we would even bring this up. So here it is. You know, it's it's amazing to me that you know you had these organizations, you know these Asian organizations that would even care, you know about everything that, that we've been through, and the fact that there should be some type of racial reparations given um, in reference to all that's gone, that, you know, we've been through over all these years or 400 years or, you know, um, well, been longer than that, really. So um, the fact that they want to help in doing this, it's really interesting to me because I, you know, when you look at, when you look at this, you know, I would expect to see, you know, a large community of maybe Blasian type people. And mm-hmm. for those that don't, don't understand what I'm talking about, when I say Blasian, that's a combination of black and Asian, um, you know, you know, uh, you know, you might have one parent that's black and one parent that's Asian, um, who would be behind this more, but this looks like, you know, this is like regular Japanese, you know, people who yeah. are taking this this issue um, up to be able to, um, you know, get Biden and, and, you know, and the rest of the United States involved in um, bringing to task. Um, now I wonder what type of reparations they're, they're looking at though what what are they what do they think if something was to be able to be done what kind of reparations are they looking at and who are they targeting so i think they're really putting it in the president's hands you know i think they're really just asking for a committee to be formed and some type of study to be done because to be honest and i mean i don't have the numbers in front of me but we saw how um, you know, the American Indians receive reparations, the Jewish receive reparations. Um, there, there have been a lot of organizations 
that have received reparations and African-Americans have not been one of those groups. And I feel like we are one of the most entitled to reparations. Right. Right. And that is, that is true. But why do you think that we're not one of those groups? And that's probably an obvious reason why they feel that way. Because we black. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we've always been considered lesser than, and that's probably why. Now, as far as Indians, you know, we all know that, of course, they had to give them some type of reparations for what was done to them when they, when, um, you know, a lot of their lands were seized and, and, and taken away from them. So when you think about it, here we are, you know, we're, you know, we were treated the way that we were treated here. I mean, we talked about, um, we did that show talking about Juneteenth. Right. Mm-hmm. And talking about how, you know, it was, you know, it, here we were um, voted free. Right. And we had that one particular state <laughs> that we always seem to talk about for some reason. I don't know why. But that one particular state that wasn't telling, you know, blacks that they were free mm-hmm. and they were still treating them as slaves. Yeah. You and, know, and 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 I don't know if you two years after it had been voted. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Delaware was one of those places too that was. Um, yeah. yeah, we we were yeah. still slaves after the um, Emancipation yeah. Proclamation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a. So when you look at when you look at when you look at this type of thing, and and you know, and 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 it's a great it's a great that it's great that we have people helping to fight in our battle. And, and that they see the wrong that has been done. And, of course, you always wonder, you know, because we're always um, conspiracy theorists. Is there a reason behind it? Other than what they're saying. Right. And I was because, just reading here. Um, and I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, no, go ahead. I was just reading here and it says um, there were two times in American history that we gave reparations to the Japanese. Um, one time was in 1948 in which we gave um, Japanese Americans $38 million. They said in today's dollar amount, that would be between 286 to 374 million. And then in 1988, they gave the survivors of those Japanese Americans $20,000 each, um, which to 80,000 survivors. So basically for the second installment, they paid out $1.6 billion. So, so, I mean, I mean, if America wanted to give reparations, they could. Oh yeah, well definitely. I mean, obviously, it could it could be done, and that was done during the Tuskegee. No, no, no that was yeah, yeah. This one was done Which, um, shortly after World War Three. Yeah, okay. we uh, World War Three. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I mean, so America, been, America has it, the money. Like, yeah, the, the money's there, and there's been a number of uh, others. Uh, situations where money was paid out to other oh what was that i just saw rosewood did i see something what was yeah so they they said that um 
Let's see. In 1994, the state of Florida agreed to a reparations package around $3.36 million um, to compensate 11 survivors of Rosewood. So, I mean, that, that was a, a smaller settlement. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. Okay. Now, that's new. I didn't know that. I, I never heard that before. So, so, but here it is. Reparations is definitely something that could be paid out. Um, in this type of situation that the Japanese are, are, you know, trying to help to to get, um, you know, to get out there with the, and, and, and get in, get something signed. With President Biden, it looks like it could be a situation where it, it could. Um, well, I don't know, because, uh, you know, when it comes to us, it seems like everything takes a while, doesn't it? So oh, I don't know. Uh, and and we, we, are, we already know a Trump gets in there going to be put on hold. Yeah, it's going to be put on hold. Well, I, 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 I'd be really shocked if he gets back in. I really would. I, I, I don't think he can beat DeSantis anyway. So, um, but, you know, it's nice to know that we got somebody that has our back. And hopefully they have our backs for all the right reasons. We hope that this is not going to end up being money in their pocket as opposed to being money in, in, in the people's pocket that it should go into. Right. Okay. So, uh, but that's that's nice to know. 76 Japanese American and Asian American organizations. That's quite a bit. Yeah. And they said the Japanese American Association was the largest in the nation. So, you know, it's not, these aren't like the the little mom and pop ones. These are, you know, major ones. Well, you know, there's quite a few of us moving to to Japan these days. Mm -hmm. You know, there's quite a few of us moving to Thailand and places like that. um, Because it's one thing, of course, it's cheaper to live and cheaper to you know, as far as the uh, overall economy and everything. And plus, you know, if you got money, if you leave here with, you know, you can take $20,000 over there and live like your king over there, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as getting your, you know, getting settled into a place and that type of thing. So, um, so we need, we need to keep that line of communications open and, and make sure that, um, um, whatever the, whatever they, these um, organizations are doing to help us that we definitely um, receive graciously. Okay. All right. Good story, Leonard. Um, uh, you know, like I said, you guys, you don't get this, but on news. Um, you ever heard of Newsmax? By the way, I have. Okay, all right. Um, so on this, um, Newsmax, um, channel, so who called out? You know what? I'm not going to even gonna say. I'm not even going to uh, set up the story that way. I want to read something from uh, from the story. Uh, 
So this guy is a host on this Newsmax TV show. And uh, his name is Rob Finnerty. And um, and there's a clip of, of this guy talking about this, by the way. But I'm going to tell you what this is all about. Okay. So he went on on social media and had a little rant about how horrified he was that he couldn't find a white American girl doll for his daughter, who's six years old, in the in the store um, in Rockefeller, um, in the store at Rockefeller Center. So this was the the store was uh, um, American Girl, I think it's called the store. Yeah, American and, Doll. American Doll. Okay, American Doll. So he says, my daughter is just a cute little six-year-old white girl. This is how he describes his daughter. (laughs) We couldn't find anybody that looked like my daughter. It was the whole place. It was like (laughs) Wokeify. This is what he said. uh, Finnerty said during uh, during a recent broadcast. How long has this been going on with American girls? It was somewhat of a bizarre experience. Now, American Girl Doll is the name of the store, like I said. There is something bizarre here, but it's not what Finnerty think it is. And so somebody just kind of put out there, you know, did he stop to think that perhaps all the white dolls were sold out at the store? Right. Was uh was going on the American Girl website not an option for him? <laughs> he did this, his panic would have been subsided. In the all doll section, you must scroll through almost twenty white dolls before you get to a doll of color. Okay, that's on the website. Um, and then he, then a comment was made. I also imagine he forgot about the decades that cute little black and brown girls could only choose from all white doll shelves, none of which look like any of them. Why? Because whiteness was the default at that time. So when you when you hear stories like this, and I remember, you know, I came up during a time where dolls were very important. Um, you know, I mean, you still, you know, you don't see them like you used to see them in droves back in the day. But yeah, yeah it, it was mostly white dolls. I mean, if you saw a black doll, everybody tried to get it because it was a rarity. You know, um, but you know, we were whitewashed with white America back then. Um, it's just like you always hear the story about, you know, white Jesus being up on the wall of your grandmother's house or your, you know, or, or your father's house or your parents' house because that's all they knew. And if you put a black Jesus up there, you were being sacrilegious because everybody was like, Jesus is not black. Why are you putting that right. picture up there? You know, so, um, you know, so this whole thing about white dolls, I remember my sister always had dolls coming up and, I mean, I think she was a teenager before I saw a black dog, like maybe 13 or something like that, you know? So, 
Um, it's it's you know, and for this guy to go on TV and say something like that is really really crazy. But then you know that just says his 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 way of thinking, and the fact that he didn't think that maybe all of them were sold out because those are going to be the ones that sell first, especially in a store. You're in a store in Rockefeller Center, right. Okay, you're not you're not um you're not in uh Walmart <laughs> or something right. like that. You know what I'm saying? Where you have an opportunity that you might find something other, but um. You know, for him to say something like that is really, really, really crazy. What, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know, I think, um, but I mean, I understand his point of wanting to find a, a doll that looks like his daughter because, you know, that's the same way, you know, we felt a lot of yeah. times is, you know, we want to find a doll that looks like, um, as far as being wokeified. And to be honest, he may be correct because I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that uh new uh American doll store is more diverse now than it ever was. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean I, I agree, like um you know, it's always different when we can't find stuff, we know the reason why. You know, a lot of times they're just not making it, you know, so limited in quantity. So for him to kind of use that excuse, I mean, it's almost like um reverse discrimination. <laughs> When uh, somebody at the job is like, oh, well, why why uh, Keisha get the job? Keisha only got it because she's black. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. So, mm-hmm. um, so what what was the, uh, like, what were the comments or the reaction? Were they kind of bashing him? Did they think it was funny or? Um, let me see. Actually, I don't see any comments on this. Um. But I know in the article it talked about there was one particular person that commented in the article. Hold on, let me see what she said. Because I'm pretty sure that most of us um, would probably have something, you know, to say about this in reference yeah, to sure. how I feel um, about the whole thing. Um, wait, who who was that? I saw somebody said something about being. Okay, here it is. My daughter's half Puerto Rican and half Salvadorian was given a blonde, blue-eyed Baywatch Barbie for her birthday when she turned seven, about 15 years ago. I was appalled, but my feelings, unlike Flannery outrage, was justified for one main reason. There is no shortage of toys that represent white children. It's parents of color, of children of color who are left to go to go the extra miles to seek out dolls, figurines, books, and games that portray their children, making sure they don't grow up feeling left out. That's a powerful statement right there. Yeah. I I see a comment here too. Uh one person says instead of wokeify, he really wants to say niggified. He said he wants to say niggified <laughs> so bad. Uh, somebody else said uh, these people are so weak afraid and pathetic the the existence of a handful of of black and brown dolls in an ocean of white dolls is enough to trigger this panic a few people of color are just too much for them 
Okay. And and Dave, so let, let let's go to the other part. What is wrong with his daughter having a black doll? <laughs> <laughs> we know what's wrong with it. And now the daughter was ironically, the daughter probably wouldn't have cared. She probably would have. In, in fact, she she, she, she might have wanted a black doll. I ain't no yeah. Her. It was six years. She's six years old. She would have played with it. I'm sure. The only oh. reason that there was a problem is because he made it a problem. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm sure too because when our kids were little, they were playing with yellow dolls, black dolls, brown dolls. You know, you they gave one of our kids a doll, and look, it didn't matter whether it was a doll, a action figure. You know, for the guys, for the kids, the boy kids, and everything. It didn't matter. We didn't look at the color. We played with it. Right. You know? Now, of course, when somebody drops some woke in it, <laughs> you know, then it becomes a different story. And he dropped mm-hmm. woke in it. He, he, and, and once he did that, that then it became a problem. And it probably, like I said, it probably wasn't a problem for, it probably wouldn't have been a problem for his daughter. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, I'm sure if one of us came to his daughter and gave her a doll and she would sit there and play with it. If we did a study mm-hmm. on a bunch of white children, they would sit there and play with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, just like if you did a study on a bunch of white white children, they would sit there and play with it. Whether exactly. it was a doll, whether it was an action figurine, a superhero. Look, most of the superheroes were always white. Mm-hmm. But when you got the action figurines, it didn't matter that they were white. Right. All you saw was Superman, Batman, you know, Spider-Man. That's all you saw. You know? So, um, I, I shame on him for, for even bringing that into existence that way. Um, and it still tells you that we still have problems and we still have a lot of work to do. Um and we always will have a lot of work to do because of, of people, short-minded people like this, you know. And he went on TV and, and said that. That's what's so crazy. Yeah, you know, crazy. it's one thing, you know, when you have hot takes, you know, and that's what get these people, not- you know, notice and whatever. When you have hot takes, you got to be careful about what it is that you're you're putting out there because all it does is take one bad thing. And you're canceled. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've never paid much attention to that Newsmax. But, like, something like this can cancel your whole thing. Right. Nobody will ever look at it if they think that there's more people like this on there. So, that's where we are as far as that's concerned. I just thought thought it was a very interesting story. And considering, you know, here again, you know, you have, you know, in your in your blended family, you got three girls. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, but of course, you know, they're of an older age. You know, as far as you know, they're not, you know, under ten years old. Um, but I'm sure if you said to all three of them, which would you prefer, a girl, uh, be a, a white uh, doll or a black doll? What do you think they would say? Well, I'll just say right now, two of them, the younger two girls are hyped up over anime. 
and you know they're they're uh asian you know so yeah well that but that that's not white though yeah no you you're right it, it's not white yeah, but even though even though a lot of anime put, have, have white characters but of course they're talking other english they're talking of different english too yeah well i mean a majority of the anime are um you know asian japanese characters i i i know but there are some white characters as well, mm. but they have them, you know, they have right. them doing thing. You know, I, I know I've been dealing with anime for a long time too with my kids. So, uh, you know, and it, 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 but, but if you ask them though, if you think about it though, what do you think they would say? They would probably say would black. It matter, or would it even matter to them? They probably follow characters more than color. So like if it's a show, they, you know what I mean? Like, if I, but I mean, if if it's all things the same, they probably pick a black one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and would your daughter pick a black one? Well, I mean, she passed the doll phase, but um, no, I know. I'm, I, I mean, you know, if she was still in her doll phase, I don't know. You know, I can say my my daughter did not stay in the doll phase for long, and I just say that because like I don't even, I don't think she never had any Barbies. I don't know. Like she, she. She really just was not a doll person, so I believe yeah. <laughs> luckily I didn't have to worry about it. But well, um, but do, I, but do, I, but favor, I, do me a favor when you get a chance, just answer that question. If, well, if yeah, I, I already know she got to say black. <laughs> see, there you go. There well, you but go. but you know, but they he, he, even us as adults, if someone said, "Hey, Dave, you want a black woman or you want a white woman? Which one you want?" <laughs> That's funny. Um, I would say black. Yeah, I mean, now yeah. if a white woman came up to you like Kim K, it was like Dave. Here you go, here you go. You're yeah. taking, it, taking it too far now, you know. I would, say, I would, I would. Uh, <laughs> but but you know, but the, they, the, anyway. The, so that 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 leads us into the next. That leads us into the next section. I'm I'm trying to save you before you say something. You're too funny. You're too funny. But this would be one of those questions, like you know, when they always say, uh, "You, you, you get to wife this one, you get to, uh, uh, you know, those ma- kind of ma- marry, murder, kill, or what is yeah, it? Uh, yeah, 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 you know. yeah. I forget what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm gonna end up with a black woman. I'm gonna tell you that. Now. Okay. All right. So, I'll, a black I'll, doll. I'll, no, a black doll. I'll end up with a black doll. I'll, <laughs> I'll let Candace Owens know. Yeah, you definitely let Candace go. <laughs> definitely know her now. So, all right. All right. So, uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, about the uh, the dolls. You know, if you got an opinion on that, definitely let, let us know about that and keep us informed on what you're feeling. If you had experience with that yourself, as far as uh, for your child or grandchild or whatever the case may be, let us know. Okay? All right. Moving on to... Um, our next story. I just thought this was an interesting story to bring up. Um, we all have been through, you know, uh, dating and trying, especially if you've been hooked up, married before, or, you know, had a long-term relationship with somebody or whatever the case may be. And you want to get back on like the horse again, so to speak. Um, 
<laughs> so to speak, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, okay. Um, I came across this article that said 15 ways to meet someone new after a breakup, divorce, or any situation. So I figured this would be a nice conversation to have in 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 exploring what they say are the 15 top ways to do this. Okay. So number one, of course, quite naturally in the world we're in today and, you know, so forth, dating sites or apps. Um, and of course, there's a number of online dating sites that you can go to. They mentioned some of the more popular ones like Match and uh, what else they mentioned? Match, uh, Elite Singles, what else? Some of the more popular ones they talk about. But uh, did you ever meet anybody on a dating site? Before? Of course. Yeah, I did. Okay. And did you have more? Did you find them that when you met the person, did you find it to be more positive or more negative when it came to meeting people on these sites? To be honest, I kind of felt it was about the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think I think the no, one of the novelties is just you you've never met them before. You know, right. so it's kind of like okay, if you meet them in person, you know, you have some type of interaction. You know, you all decide to go on a date. You meet them on a dating site. There's almost an added suspense because you've never met them in person before. Right. 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 Yeah, it's 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 interesting because it is something new and something you know you get, and especially because a lot of times you end up meeting somebody outside of where you live. That's always seems to be the case because most people don't live where you live. You know that right. are on those, or or um, a, a lot of people don't want to meet people right where they live. They want to meet someone at a, a little bit of a distance. Somebody new, and for some reason, or you know, of course, people have their reasons for that, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, but you know, you want to definitely, uh, you definitely get a chance to meet somebody different and somebody new, whatever. But that would always, right now, would probably be the easiest way to meet somebody and to try to get to know somebody. Now, of course, quite naturally, you take your risk with that because you don't know that person, and you don't, you know, you have to get to know them. And and of course, you know, the, you know, nowadays, of course, the big thing is trust and whether you feel comfortable enough with a person to be able to put yourself out that way with somebody that you don't know at all. The next thing they talk about is meeting them through friends and family. Um, you know, you always get, you know, you end up hanging out with friends and family, you know, and then you get people that's always trying to hook you up, you know, that type of thing. Hey, I got this friend you might want to hook up with or, um, you know, um, you know, or maybe you should come over, you know, this person might be here or whatever, you know, you ever had somebody hook you up blindly? Yeah, of course. Or, you know, if I know someone, if I see someone through friends or family, I'd be like, Hey, Dave, what, what's up with, uh, so-and-so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's always an interesting situation. I used to have somebody used to constantly try to hook me up all the time with her girlfriends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, some of the most hilarious situations I've ever been in came through that that fooling around with her and some of her girlfriends, you know. So, 
Um, but yeah. Um, so you got that way. That's the number two way. Number three, <laughs> it does almost sound sacrilegious here, church and other places of worship. Of course, everybody always says, hey, you want to meet a good woman? Go to church. Right. You know, but the problem is <laughs> that's not always the case. <laughs> you know, you can meet somebody in church, but that don't necessarily mean that's going to be good. You know what I mean? So, but they said about 84% of people in the world identify with a religious group. And there are over 37 million churches, 182 temples, and hundreds of synagogues and mosques in the world. So they're saying one of these places you should be able to find somebody mm-hmm. and meet somebody. You know, right. so. Um, uh the next one is interesting do your favorite hobbies so you know if you're a person that likes to let's say bowl or paint or go to the movies you know you go to the movies and you go to the same movie and you notice there's a person that that shows up you know usually when you're there or whatever you get to conversating or whatever um you know um what other hobbies that you can think of that you might meet somebody shopping uh, happy shopping. hour happy hour there you go yeah so you know and that's always a cool way to meet them as well so that's another that's another option um that you can look at um meeting somebody i tell you back in the day you know one of the places i used to meet meet uh women a lot I'm, I'm scared to hear it. Supermarket, man. Supermarket. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, supermarket still probably the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supermarket was all you know was a cool place. To always meet them. Um, school and adult classes was number five. So, yeah, I, you know, if you were in, you know in college or if you were in, you know, taking adult classes, you know, or, or um, taking some other type of classes, training, some type of other training, and you got women in your class, that's a possibility you might see somebody, or men in your class, there's a possibility that you might see somebody that you might want to try to hook up with. And you, you know, might have start a conversation or whatever the class, or it could be a dance class or music class or something like that is number six. Now, this used to be a very popular. This would have probably been number one before the dating sites and everything came out. Bars and clubs. Mm-hmm. That, you know, during my day, that was where you would meet them. You would meet yeah. them in the clubs and the, the, the bars, you know. Well, so, hold on, Dave. You, you weren't meeting them in church? Nah, I was meeting them in the, in the clubs, man. <laughs> I was partying back in them days. Man. You know, so... Um, yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's usually the best time to meet them would be in these type of places. I would always strike up conversations with them and, you know, back then you dance and you get to know them through dance and whatever. And you would find yourself looking for these people, you know, like if you met somebody one particular night and y'all hit it off and 
then the next time you go out, the, the first thing you'd be thinking, I wonder if she's going to be here tonight. I wonder, you know, then you got it. And each time you would see this person, you would strike up more of a conversation until you got in with them, you know, or, or with him. So that was always a, even to this day, not so much. I don't think it's the same type of scene that it used to be when I was coming up, but it's still a, a good opportunity to, to meet people. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, you, you always got to be careful about the people you meet in bars. You meet people that are partying too much and drinking too much and all that kind of stuff. This is what you got to look forward to. Right. As you're doing, you know, you know, you might end up meeting a Leonard or somebody. So only if they're lucky. <laughs> so, um, number seven, uh, volunteering. And that's interesting, but I guess it's true. So if you're in a situation where you're volunteering, you know, doing charity work or, you know, working at, you know, a job or a shelter or, you know, just giving different examples. Um, yeah, there's, um, there's a chance that you can meet some people that, you know, and you guys have like minds because you guys are doing the same type of thing together. That could work out for you as well. You agree? I do. Okay. All right. Uh, events and festivals. Um, uh, depending on what type of events, like I do a lot of different events and whatever the case may be. Now, of course, you can meet people at the type of events I do. I ain't doing no festivals though, but uh, you do. You have done festival like things, so um, people, you know, with the, uh, you know, with your, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, uh, meetup group? No, not the well, uh, that expo, that, the expo, yeah, the expo. I couldn't think of it, the expo. <laughs> you call the meetup group a festival? <laughs> well, no, no. I, I, I was trying to figure out. So I know through the meetup group, we have in the past, we have gone to festivals, you know, just as a group. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah. Now I was thinking about the expos that you used to do and those type of things. Those, those would bring in a lot of people and you could probably meet people that way. Um, concerts, stuff like that. Um, they would be considered events, public speaking events, marketing events, those type of things. And it, one thing you notice that if you get people with the same like minds in one place, the connection is is easier to happen. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. Number nine, you just talked about it, meetup groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, being a part of uh, a meetup group and uh, yourself and um, doing the different things that you've done with your meetup group. And then, you know, of course you have other groups like book clubs and, ha- you know, a happy hour. Well, you guys do the happy hours, but knitting circles and different things like <laughs> that. Yeah. You've, you've done the knitting circles. I know. Well, well no, I, like I was just laughing because um, I don't know what type of people are meeting at knitting circles. Oh, you'd be surprised. You would be surprised. Okay. I, I I wouldn't have guessed that there were men at the the, the knitting circles, but ain't no teller. Yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Um. Number ten. At the gym. 
or doing intramural intramural sports, uh, intramural sports. Um, you know, I hear a lot of talk about people at the gym. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't at the gym, so I don't know. <laughs> so, but I hear a lot of people talk about how they be doing get the hookups, hook up at the gyms. You know, um, you used to go to the gym a lot, right? Yeah, I did. But you know, from from what I see on social media, a lot of women don't want to be approached at the gym. Which, yeah, because it's the work, right? They're yeah, work. so yeah, the guys don't mind being approached, but the girls, right? You know on a different mission and usually a lot of them are there doing work hours or mm-hmm. you know or work hours they're on a mission they didn't get their workout to get out right right yeah so but you know it's, you know they say that you know people be trying to hook up at those things so I'm, I'm i'm sure they do yeah yeah the doll part now i think that's like the newest thing you know the doll parts because mm-hmm. a lot of people you know well you know i have uh a friend who met his fiance at one of the doll parks, the oh, one wow. up there, on, the one up um, near the library on Falk Road. Okay, I, I've never yeah. been to it, but yeah, but there's a there's a park over there that has a doll park. That's where mm-hmm. they met at that doll park, and uh, he said that he took his dog up there reluctantly one day because somebody told him about it, and he met this woman, and um. He, you know, they had, they struck up a conversation and so forth. And then he said he started going back every day, just looking for her. (laughs) And that's how they got to know each other. Cause finally he came clean and told her that the reason they was coming to the park was to see her, you know, and they ended up, you know, hooking up. So, yeah. So, I mean, like I I can definitely say from my experience at doll park, people are very friendly. Every time I've gone, I'm like, you know, I, I've always had conversations with somebody, male, female, white, black. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what it is about the dog park that kind of makes people more open, but I, I definitely agree. People are very open at the dog park. And that's what I hear. I mean, you know, when you go, well, I guess you got to have a certain mentality to go to a place that that <laughs> is for dogs, <laughs> you know, and, and mm-hmm. you and you're just watching your dog do what it does or whatever and people people that are animal lovers you know you can tell that they are their heart is open you know their mind right. is open you know about what's going on with their dog or their you know animals that they may have at the park with them so so I can imagine seeing people hooking up like I said I know somebody it happened with so um the next one, museums. Now I, I don't see that. I don't see that either because, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. You know, I don't hang in museums like that. But I used to go to museums a lot young when I was younger. But it's not something that's on my list now, other than going down to DC to the one in DC. You know, um, you know. But you know, to each his own. You know, there's an opportunity to be able to meet some at museums. You know, if you're an art lover, like I said, it's mm-hmm. always about when you're in those type of settings so traveling now of course traveling that's always a possibility because you're first of all you're in a when you travel and you go and you are in a place that you don't live in you tend to let your hair down a little bit more you know and you want to you know because you're not worried about people seeing you you know 
uh, or running into people that you know. Of course, you got to still the threat of social media. Somehow you can still end up, you know, being seen. But, but you know, you got you still feel a little more comfortable being outside your normal parameters, and you tend to be a lot more open to meeting people when you're traveling. Um, so I can see why people would hook up in that type of sense. Um, you ever meet anybody while you were traveling? Not in let, not tra- actively traveling, but like, okay, you get to like a resort or something like that. Cause you know, kind of like people are friendly, you know, a lot of times people are social, so it definitely can yeah. lead to that type of interaction. Yeah. And then that's the thing because, you know, I mean, you know, you hook up like, um, this wasn't a hookup thing, but I think I told you about how when I'm um, being the group that I used that I used to travel with all the time, how we went to Jamaica a couple of times and we met a guy that, that was our, like our tour guide. Mm-hmm. And every time we go back to Jamaica, we would he would always uh, want us to hook up with him. Right. That that I told you about that, right? The guy. I, I think so. Yeah, and um, yeah, and he was so funny. Uh, you know, anytime we tell him, and he like became part of the group. You know, because he would always text every every now and then. I'll hear from him. You know, and he always would say, "When y'all coming back? When y'all coming back?" You know, so you form relationships with people right. when you're traveling if you're going to a lot of the same places. So, yeah. After all, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't you know had formed a relationship with people in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, really, when we go, we just do our own thing. So, so you haven't connected with anybody there, then, right? We we have not. Okay, all right, okay. See, that's where you want to get the hookup, man. You want to, you know, you want to try hook up with somebody that you know in the place, get to know them pretty well, so you can get the hookup when you go back and forth. You know. Well, uh, that's, uh, my, that's that's my way of thinking. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We okay. we uh, we may try to work on that next time. Okay, there you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Number fourteen, social media. <laughs> oh yeah, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You know all these different places that you can go to meet people. It's so easy. It's in your face. You know, you see somebody online that you're just like, wow, look at that person, and then you try to reach out to them and. You know, you know where some of the biggest hookups come from, too. Um, and and have you ever? Do you play games on your phone? I, I do not. Oh, okay. Dave, I, I don't play no games. All business. Okay, folks, don't. Okay, anyway. So I know I play like Scrabble. There's a couple things I play on on my phone, and Scrabble being mostly the the most the, that I play. And it's funny how, how people will just start try to start up a conversation because they had to chat things in there that you could talk to people. And people always trying to chat chat at you and so forth. It is the funniest thing. But then you got a lot of you got a, a lot of people who are you know fraudulent too, you know, because they're trying to set you up for something. You know, they they had these pictures that look real good on online and then you you know you talk to them they say hey how you doing where you live all this kind of stuff and then they said have you heard you know that's as soon as you hear that you you know what that is right so but but yeah social media man 
is probably, and they got it as number 14. I would say social media today is number one, personally, in my, in my thing. I think it's bigger than, than meeting people on dating sites at mm-hmm. this time. You know, because, you know, people are visual. If you got a picture up on your social media page and you got pictures up, you know, people are paying attention. You know, so um, that's the easy place to go. And, and, of course, it gives you a chance to be able to talk back and forth to people. Number 15 was work. <laughs> now, a person like you who work from home, I guess yeah. you just you just met your wife. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but especially in today's society, because a lot of the work environment places, they say, you know, is most of the workforce is women anyway. So, um, you know, like for the state of Delaware, men make up probably about 30% of the workforce, maybe Damn. 35%. Yeah. So, you know, so of course there's quite there's more opportunity for men to meet women than women to meet men. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, so um so but yeah, there's a lot of hookups. I mean, I've seen a lot of them over the years. There's a lot of people hook up at work. So that's the thing. Um so but those are the number one ways to be able to meet people. Um uh the fifteen top ways to be able to meet people and i gotta agree you can meet people in all these situations and try to develop a new relationship um it's not really hard is um to do like i said some of the more simpler things like i said i've met people in grocery stores and um you know this nowadays if you just you know like you talk about it too in my neighborhood too you people walk the neighborhoods you you mm-hmm. can meet somebody just you know, walking out on this, you know, when you're taking your walk during the day. Sure. You know I, I was about to say, unless you live in an apartment building, I don't think you want to meet people who are <laughs> in your neighborhood. <laughs> well, and then, you know, you got the parks where you have the walking tracks and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. So, but I just wanted to, I just thought that was interesting for those that, you know, um, who are single or, people maybe hooked up with people uh, recently or been married for a while. How did you meet you? How did you meet your person that you hooked up with or married or, or how are you trying to find somebody new in your life if you're single? And I just thought this was interesting to bring up in um, ways to be able to do that. You have any comments on that? No, I mean, I, I agree. I think uh, all of these can work and what may work for one person May not work for the other person, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. All right. That's that's Leonard Young, yo. That's my that's my friend. I'm my partner. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's see. Oh, we're at Dave's corner already. Okay. All right. You know, um, we um gonna do Dave's corner. So we we we're we're uh, keeping the show uh, to a certain length because we know you guys are still dealing with your Christmas holidays or whatever. So here we go. We get ready to hit you with the Dave's Corner question. Y'all ready, Leonard? You ready? Okay, here I'm we ready, go. Dave. All right. So, uh, if you were a superhero or villain, but could have only could oh man, I messed up, but only. 
have um, superpowers that weren't already taken? What new powers, and I want you to give at least two, would you consider or choose? And what would your name be? You would go... um... Now, when you say superpowers that are not already taken, what does yeah, that mean? So you got to think a little bit. You got to think a little bit. Uh, so this would be something that would be unique to you. Because I mean, all the superpowers that are out there are the ones I want. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll change it then. What superpowers would you want? There you go. So I would definitely want to be able to teleport. That That would be number oh. one. Okay. Why and teleport? Because, you know, like I can be anywhere at any time. Just, you know, snap my fingers, you know, like Dorothy and Oz. <laughs> you know, okay. so if I, I teleport, I'm in China. Okay. Teleport, I'm in Mexico, you know, instantly. Okay. So okay. that would be one. And then two would be able to, to predict the future, see the future. Oh, for better okay. or for worse. All right. All right, and what would your? Is it just two that you need? You don't. You yeah, think no. You, <laughs> no, I mean, they. I, if I get those, I don't need nothing else. <laughs> okay. And what would your superhero or villain name be? Now, are you a villain or you a superhero with these powers? I'm a superhero. Okay, you're a superhero. Yes, okay. yes. And what would your name be? Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, okay, only okay. Well, I mean right. that that is my name. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, okay, Joey. Um, okay, we'll go from there. All right, Dave. What, what uh, about you? If you could only have two superpowers that are not already taken, what are your new powers? What you want me to do? Not I'd say I gave you now that. I changed the question up for you. Yeah, but but you you had time to think about your question, so I I, I already know you got two new powers to give us. All right, if I if I had the power to be able to produce money for those that were needy and be able to give stacks of dollars to those people so that they can get out of the situation that they were in. That would be one of my powers is to be what, able to create money. Well Dave, we, we can do we can do that now. I'll come pick you up, we go to the ATM, you pull out, <laughs> you pull out some stacks of money no, and no, you no. will change my situation. I didn't, make money. I didn't say I didn't say anything about producing or going to an uh-huh. ATM that type of thing. I said I would make money that wouldn't have to have checks and balances, you know, created against it, you know, and just like, you know, and give it to all the homeless people and all the people that are struggling and be able to um, get them into a better situation. That would be one of my powers. Okay. The other would be, To be able to heal 
sickness, uh, mainly cancer, um, just by being able to touch someone. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm not talking about playing Jesus or God or anything like that, but I'm just saying to have that type of healing power to be able to make somebody whole, you know, again. And, and, you know, um, we got a lot of, you know, especially young people, you know, every time I see one of those, uh, Shriner commercials or, or St. Jude hospital commercials, you know, and see the, the situation that those kids find themselves in or, or, um, people who, or who get cancer at a younger age way before, you know, well, nobody wants to get cancer at any right. age, but then, but especially people that are just starting their lives, you know, um, if I had that kind of power to be able to, to take that cancer from them, that would be, that would be awesome to have as well. Yeah. Okay. And, and my superhero name, the healer, the healer. I believe that's yes. already taken. We, we need a backup. <laughs> you always start stuff. Okay. Uh, how about... No, I, no. First of all, the healer... Super healer. I'm, that's what I'm going to be. Super healer. Super healer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, super healer. Okay. Yeah, superhero. Gotcha. No, not hero. hero. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just joking. We got it. <laughs> superhero killer. Yeah, that would be me. Yeah. So, but that, yeah, I'll take care of all your problems in a single bound. <laughs> so there you go. So just to let you know, there's a Marvel character named Exodus who has superhuman, amazing healing abilities. So, just FYI. <laughs> What is he healing? Um, so he can resurrect people from the dead. Okay. And then of course the the character, the mutant Marvel person with the name Healer, he is he can heal others of disease and injury, even if someone's damage is severe, and healing them will actually cause him strain and harm. He's only able to heal active mutants. So yeah. Yeah, there you go, Dave. Yeah, say I got it, man. I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, there's there's some there's some other people out there doing some things like me, but they ain't doing what I'm doing. Right. So, got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So that's, that's my, that's my pick and I'm sticking to it. Okay. All right. So, um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, the answer to our Dave's, Dave's corner question today. If you guys have an answer that you want to share, feel free to do that with us. And we, uh, definitely would like to hear what you have to say. Uh, Len, you got anything that you want to add before we close out the show? Nah, you know, I just want to wish everybody a great week. Stay warm, stay safe. <laughs> okay, Russell. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, I just want to say uh, 
you know, we're still in, still in observance of the holiday weekend. Um, right. We'll talk to you on Friday before New Year's. So we'll be able to bring in the New Year's. Uh, uh, we have to think of, uh, we, well, we'll talk next week, I guess, when uh, about what you guys did for New Year's or right. everything. But anyway, um, thank you for joining us tonight. And with, not, with everything being said, I guess we can say good night. And thank you for joining the News and Trends with David. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.